Hey everyone, happy Friday or Friday night or Saturday morning, whatever time it is when you are listening to this show. You are listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name's Sarah, I'm your host, and we've got a special crossover episode as we start to actually see real hockey, real meaningful hockey on the horizon. Now, of course, as we are all well aware, the Kings are not playing in this, but that doesn't mean that hockey stops for us. And so on today's show, I've got Jason J.D. Hernandez, host of Locked on Ducks, to do a little bit of predicting. But first on the show, we're going to take a look at some of the exhibition game action, including a big hit by your friend and mine, Ryan Reeves, and uh, give some thoughts on what we're seeing in the exhibition games over the past couple of days. And then the talk turns to the way the NHL is handling current events. And I don't think it's spoilers to say that I'm not too excited about it. So we take a look at the NHL's attempts to stand together against something that they kind of are refusing to really define. So we take a look at that on today's show as well. And then finally, we look at all of the play-in round matchups between those teams that it's win or go home or win or enter the draft lottery and we make some bold predictions and this is like turnaround is fair play because I love to make other people make predictions on my shows when they're guests here or on Locked on NHL so I think I guess it was only fair that the time has come for me to have to make predictions as well so all of that is coming up on today's episode of Locked on Los Angeles Kings. So let's get right down to it and welcome to the show, Jason J.D. Hernandez, host of Locked on Ducks. How's it going out there? It's going. I feel like I'm just going to pretend that the Kings are playing hockey so that I can be excited about it and I'll just use my imagination. It's a little silly these days, isn't it? It's 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 something, that's for sure. Yeah, none of our teams are playing hockey, so what what are we supposed to do? What what are we supposed to do with our lives? <laughs> We cover I mean, hockey. Yeah, I'm going to become a big uh, fan of, um, you know, the, the bubble. <laughs> like, go bubble. Go bubble. Actually, what I'm really rooting for is that there's no positive tests in the NHL from here on out. That's what I'm rooting for. Although on the last podcast, I said if there's only one, even just one, that would still be a success. If it's one or less, meaning one or zero. I think that's still true. Yeah. But really zero is the the goal here. Zero is the ideal goal. But the fact that there's zero so far is a success. So while there is no COVID cases, we might have our first concussion of the year. Stop me if you've heard this before. Ryan Reeves is at it again. Yeah. You've heard this story before, right, Sarah? Oh, I mean, you could have told me the names of the teams that were playing yesterday and asked me, which player was most likely to be the guy we're going to be talking about the next day. And I would have looked at that list and said, ah, yes, Ryan Reeves. Yeah, this this checks out. So Zach Whitecloud and Ryan Reeves of the Vegas Golden Knights, they teamed up for a big time hit on the Arizona Coyotes' Nick Schmaltz. Uh, Reeves began to come into Schmaltz's left side and kind of led in with an elbow a little bit, leaving Schmaltz out of the game with concussion protocol. We don't know his status for the upcoming qualifier against the Nashville Predators. He might be out, but Arizona has plenty of players to take his place. But they looked bad last night. They did not look good. Vegas absolutely torched them. And 
we're both SoCal people. You've said this in the past before. Vegas is the real natural enemy. So what's your take on that? I mean, yeah, like I, I wasn't surprised to see Ryan Reeves being the one delivering a bad hit. You know, I think it's one of those things where if you just took the first half of it of Zach Whitecloud's move, like that was fine. He, you know, and I've watched plenty of him with the Chicago Wolves. Like he's not a guy who I would think would be, you know, intentionally taking part in a dirty hit. And where it becomes problematic is really when Ryan Reeves is like, ah, yes, I'm going to come in and join the fun too. And Nick Schmaltz is someone who has a history of injuries. He definitely has had his fair share of lower body injuries and knee injuries, but I'm pretty certain he has had past quote unquote upper body injuries as well. So, uh, you know, certainly hoping the, the best for him and that him being held out was just a precaution because I'm fairly certain uh, that he's someone who ha- has been sidelined before with the ever nebulous upper body injury. But, you know, just just another incident of a guy like Reeves wanting to come in and make the big hit when really like it wasn't necessary. I don't think that play would have gone any differently if he didn't throw that hit. White Cloud had it perfectly under control in in his own rights, and Reeves just wants to come in and sandwich poor Nick Schmaltz. That was disappointing to see in in especially exhibition game action where all yeah, of these teams know. There it is. <laughs> yeah, like all of these teams know that like they're just kind of warming up. You think back to like preseason hockey before the season ever starts, and yeah, wasn't it's he relatively... part of a preseason incident this year? Probably. I mean, I I would believe it. You think about preseason games and like, okay, you'll see fights between, you know, two guys trying to prove themselves on their rosters or whatever. Yeah, look at the Evander Kane incident between the Sharks and hey, look at that. It's the Golden Knights again. Hey. Oh, hey, surprise. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Because there was that whole beef between Evander Kane and Ryan Reeves. But like, yeah, you don't usually see big hits like that in the preseason because everyone knows that these are just games to, you know, get your feet back under you and to get moving and get up to speed and to learn how your teammates play together and whatever. The it's not like the Golden Knights and the Coyotes are like huge rivals. Like aside from same division see each other a bunch of times a year, like I wouldn't ever consider those teams to have you know, bad blood. It's not like the Sharks were playing that game or whatever. To see that over-enthusiastic passion in what amounts to a preseason game exactly. is really disappointing. Like, just play the game, make sure no one gets hurt, get ready for your actual play-in games so you or your round-robin or whatever. Discipline? Should yeah, there be like, discipline? Just, like, I feel like they're probably, like, and I feel like this is going to tie into, like, other things we're going to talk about later in the show but like the nhl is just so unwilling to make a stand about anything (laughs) that they they are unwilling to make a stand about anything and we'll talk about that right now all right let's just go (laughs) right into it the nhl's response to social justice and the black lives matter movement have been um a little less than much to say the least what they've done is they've had players go interlocking arms before each national anthem, even though they're playing games in Canada. Before the American national anthem, you can see teams interlocking arms, or not even in the case of the New York teams, the Rangers and the Islanders. Neither side opted to lock arms, and in fact, both sides decided to just line up normally, or almost normally. Okay, that's fine. They're both New York teams. There's seven Americans total on those lines. That's fine. You know who else thought that was fine? Eric Trump. If you can believe that. 
we we hate it when politics and sports mix up unfortunately that has happened yesterday where eric trump shared a video of the rangers and the islanders and just said thank you nhl and now we have a lot of sarah what's the best way to put this uh the nhl is gaining a lot of new fans yeah i'm trying to think of like a way to put it that isn't going to make you have to like get out the the foghorn to to bleep me out i <laughs> yeah. guess um, i've used the bleep button on this program several times <laughs> it's fine. yeah it was i i i it very much like disappointed but not surprised was my take on that when i saw all of that happening and i think what it comes down to is the nhl is trying to please everybody because this is a money-making venture and they want all the fans and all the dollars that they can get. But in the course of trying to please everyone, whatever good intentions, whatever message they had that could have been embraced by those of us who think that hockey needs to change and to move forward into being a more diverse and welcoming sport, whatever message they were trying to send has been so muddied and diluted that someone like Eric Trump can look at it and say, ah, yes, this organization is on my side. That's what happens when you don't actually take a real stand for something. When you try to put together a message that is like, we support you, not white people, but we also support frontline workers and we also support the police. And we also like, you can't, you can't have everything all at once under the same banner. Yeah. And and speaking of banners, this goes back to what the Colorado abs did earlier this year. If you remember where they plastered an American flag on the ice with the blue line across it. And even that garnered some controversy earlier this season. If you recall that. Yeah. Our conversation continues right after this, but first, in case you missed out, make sure you're listening to Locked on NHL because we have been previewing all of the upcoming matchups. So if you have missed an episode, if you want to learn more about one of the teams that is playing in the play-in rounds and the round robins, make sure you go and look up Locked on NHL. It's found wherever you can find podcasts and give it a listen to learn all about the teams that are still playing in hockey. More with Jason Hernandez of Locked on Ducks coming up right after this. I always hate the like, please like my sport or trying to compare hockey to any of the other leagues. Like it is a little apples and oranges in the sense that, you know, hockey faces many different issues and has a different fan base and whatever. But when you look at what the NBA is doing, when you look at what the WNBA is doing, which I I think that they, they particularly the WNBA is really leading the way in sports in terms of how they are responding and how they're using this moment to to highlight the voices of their athletes and to highlight the voices of people who should be heard. When you look at what they're doing, I mean, the NBA, all of the teams in the, the, the first day of NBA action, they all knelt for the national anthems, the WNBA, the players are leading leaving the court before the anthem starts, not during it, because that has been like super like misinformation that's been out there. Mm -hmm. Um, People are being like, oh, how disrespectful these women are walking out during the anthem. Like, no, they leave before the anthem even starts in order to not be, you know, to to show the respect of 
we're, you know, you're not walking out in the middle of it, regardless. I, I don't even care if they left in the middle of it, whatever. But these players are being supported by their leagues and they are players who both leagues are, prob- are are majority black athletes and they are people who have lived the experiences of, if I get pulled over by the cops, am I going to be okay at the end of it? Like, none of, like, the, the NHL, the 98% white NHL has never once had to think about any of these issues or think about why they're doing any of it. So it, it's just, it's fr- it's frustrating to see as a, as a hockey fan who wants this league to be better, but knows that most of the people don't even have the basic understanding. And, you know, that's athletes and front office and NHL league employees and whatever. I mean, don't there, even there have is absolutely inherent racism in general. Right. Look at the demographics of the players, as you've mentioned, mostly Canadian and European and Russian. You know, that's the majority of the hockey players in the league. You know, you can count the amount of black hockey players with maybe your hands, your fingers and toes. And that's about it. Uh, one of the most outspoken people about this has been Evander Kane, of all people, of the San Jose Sharks. Boy, the league might be a little bit, I don't want to say, it'd be different if the Sharks were in it. Because you know Evander Kane would raise a fist. We have seen that before. If Evander Kane was there, you can bet that he'd be raising a fist at least. Which begs the question, of the limited amount of black players that are playing now what can they do should they kneel should they raise a fist what should they do i I think you you see this a little bit in baseball as well i know there was some story of of a baseball player who he he wanted to kneel but he's one of those guys who was like kind of on the bubble of like going up and down between mlb and the minor leagues and just was kind of like unsure like if i kneel is this going to have ramifications for me or whatever and one of his white teammates decided to kneel with him to make him feel more comfortable even in the nhl like if you know if Evander Kane were playing or you know Matt Dumba and Nazem Kadri and these guys who are still playing like if they decided to kneel I don't know that some of their white colleagues are going to have their back and be like ah yes I'm going to kneel with you like and then it's just one lonely black man you know which which is powerful but also he shouldn't have to be alone yeah um and, and, I, and I thought that before the uh the avalanche and wild um, the Wild played, you know, I thought that was really powerful that they had Matt Dumba, Jordan Greenway, Nazem Kadri, and Pierre-Edouard Belmer, all black players uh, or players well, of color. Yeah, but black um, and Muslim. And, you know, not the majority players. And they all stood together, a little separate from the rest of their teammates. And, like, that was very powerful, but also very sad. It is. That, you know, that they they have to be the ones bearing the brunt of this. And... You know, I, I don't want to know what Nazem Kadri is going to do to end racism in the NHL. I want to know what Nate McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog are going to do. Um, you know, it shouldn't be on the backs of these players. It shouldn't be on Evander Kane's shoulders to find the solution. It should be on the you know the the other people to listen to to them and to to find a way forward. And th- there was an interview. TSN posted it talking about uh, meetings that Evander Kane and the uh, Hockey Diversity Alliance that was put together by him and a bunch of other players of color in the league. And Evander Kane basically said he kind of put the league on blast. And like, this is the most I have ever liked Evander Kane in all the years (laughs) that I have been following hockey and covering hockey. Like he is 
like speaking truth to power, essentially. Yes. And you know, he he says in this interview, the NHL can put Black Lives Matter all over the rink, shout Black Lives Matter from the mountains. No matter what they do or say, it's going to fall on deaf ears with me and every other person in the Hockey Diversity Alliance because the league has made no effort to support its own black players. Yeah, like um, I'll I'll finish with wow. this. I'll finish with this thought because we're up against it. I do hope. <laughs> Because today is the off day for all teams in the NHL, and because they are both in bubbles, they are all together of sorts. So what I'm kind of hoping happens at least a little bit today is that these players sit down and talk about it. I mean, we're at a point where we're having our fellow hosts take a knee for the NHL, or they're kneeling and taking a stand. I don't know if you saw some of a couple of our fellow hosts have already taken a knee, and honestly... I wouldn't be surprised if we have more hosts doing the same or we have more people in the hockey world doing the same thing today into tomorrow. I do hope they take at least a half hour or an hour and just talk about it. You know, the NHL should do something. They have a day to do this. Something can be done. And let's hope that path is taken. The Carolina Hurricanes, they looked decent at best on their exhibition game. Yeah, well, let's talk about the exhibition games for a hot minute. It was hockey that was played. Yeah, I mean, they most they existed. Looked, yeah, most teams looked okay. One team that surprisingly looked really good was the Maple Leafs. I thought they looked fantastic. Um, the Oilers, good lord, Connor McDavid. I mean, we've seen him. Have you seen him live? Yes. That, yeah, I've that seen dude's him amazing live, isn't he? Yeah. He's just, it's one of those things where like, I, I'm usually seeing him because I'm at a Kings game or I'm usually not rooting for him, but I feel like he's in the same category for me as guys like Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby, who like, I just want to watch them play. I feel like Nate McKinnon is in that kind of group for me now too, of guys yeah. who, even if I'm not rooting for them, even if I want their team to lose, you just watch them and you're like, wow, like this guy is something else. I just wish that. The Kings didn't have to see Connor McDavid quite so many times a year. Yeah, same with the Ducks. And then we had a few teams that, for better or worse, just did not show up at all during the exhibition games. Uh, the Coyotes looked pretty bad against the Golden Knights. I mean, we talked about that earlier. Vegas showed up. Arizona, they look like they're in a bit of trouble. Flurry looked amazing. I don't know about Arizona. But Boston, they looked like they were just going through the motions yesterday. Yeah, I feel like they, them, and interestingly, St. Louis was in the same kind oh of category God. of, they made the Blackhawks look really good. They're and not they were that good. No, they're not that good. And there were definitely some moments where I was like, where, where they did look good and it was like legitimately good and not just like you know, this is a crappy exhibition game good, but St. Louis just absolutely sleptwalked through that game. They did. And for the returning Stanley Cup teams of Boston and St. Louis, like, I don't know if they're just trying to conserve energy, if they, you know, are just kind of playing the let's hope no one gets hurt and we'll care when the real games start. I don't know. But both of those teams, man, just looked like they did not want to or they they weren't ready to be there and that was i think for fans of both of those teams probably yeah. a really big disappointment see lucky for them they're only playing in the round robin so they're not going to be eliminated in this first qualifying round but there are 16 teams that are going to be playing to qualify for this Stanley cup playoff so let's do this now let's give our predictions are you ready I guess I am. Yeah. So let's start with the Eastern Conference. Yeah, our official prediction. Woo! 
All right. Uh, let's start with this 5 versus 12 matchup. We're going to go right into this. The Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Montreal Canadiens. The Habs looked decent on their preseason game. Pittsburgh, they were in the Keystone State battle. They played the Philadelphia Flyers, who I do like a lot. Pittsburgh looked okay. Montreal looked okay. On this upcoming series, I will go ladies first. I will be a gentleman and give your prediction first on that series. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in four, but I think there's also going to be a lot of overtime games. I'm going to go Pittsburgh in five on this one. I do think there'll be overtime. I think the series will come down to an overtime game in game five, but I do have Pittsburgh winning the series. They're just the better team than Montreal. Yeah, Carey Price can only do so much. (laughs) Yeah, so I got Pittsburgh in five. All right, let's go six v eleven. Carolina versus New York Rangers. Keep in mind that we have some ties to this series. So I will go first on this one and not to piss off anyone from Locked on Hurricanes because they're great people and one of their hosts is a Ducks fan. No, but in all honesty, the Rangers are have too many question marks in goaltending. We don't know who they're going to start. Are they going to start Chesterskin? Are they going to start Lundqvist? Who knows at this point? I don't even think they know at this point. And Carolina's goaltending, they're not as much of a question mark. But Peter Morazic, I think, could lead that team. And I've got Carolina in four games. Ooh, I was going to go with Carolina in five. And I think that they all might be pretty high scoring defense mate and goaltending may be optional if it goes the fifth game do you rename justin williams mr game five for this for this for this one game yes i mean part of me hopes it does go to a game five that way he can show up and score three points in game five that would just fit the narrative too well all right seven versus ten the other new york team Islanders versus the Florida Panthers. Florida did not show up at all during their preseason game. They do not look good. I don't think their lines are all that smooth either. The Islanders look like the better team. I'm going to say Islanders in a sweep. I'm going to go Islanders in four just because it's Joel Quenville. You never know something crazy will happen but islanders still take the series Yeah, but the islanders looked pretty damn good on their on their exhibition against the rangers they did and they are just clearly clearly the better team oh yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it goes i'd be very shocked if it goes more than four games oh yeah i'd be even more shocked if florida wins which is a shame because they got a good lineup but they're no new york islanders no (laughs) definitely not at all and we have this very compelling eight versus nine matchup the toronto maple leafs and the columbus blue jackets this is a very fascinating matchup because Columbus just kicked the crap out of Boston. Toronto looked pretty good. I don't want to go first on this, so I'm going to defer. This one is hard because like, I, for as much as everyone sort of writes off Columbus, I feel like the teams are a little more evenly matched than you would suspect. But I'm still going to go Toronto in five because I think that at the end of the day, I don't know how you stop Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, John Tav- I don't know how you stop all of them. I, I just don't know how you do it. So as much as it pains me <laughs> to give Toronto anything, I think they come away from this one. 
you and I have the exact same prediction because I also have the Maple Leafs in five games for pretty much the reasons you just said. Um, Some of these younger players are going to be the X factors in this one. I wouldn't be surprised if William Nylander scores the game-winning goal in Game 5. It's going to come down to the youth movement. So that's where I see that series ending up. Yeah, Maple Leafs in 5. That's where that series is going to go. Coming up next on Locked on Los Angeles Kings, we turn to the Western Conference and make some predictions for all of the teams that we get to see a little more often over here. I want to make sure that you are ready and prepared and set to listen to Locked on Los Angeles Kings next week. Don't forget to tune in because we are going to be continuing our Join a Bandwagon series as some of our other Locked on hosts jump on this show to make the case for why we should be rooting for their teams. I've got a great conversation about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I've got some thoughts on the Carolina Hurricanes and some other stuff. So make sure you are tuning in next week to Locked on Los Angeles Kings, this very show, to learn more more about who we should be uh, paying attention to coming up in the playoffs. And over on the Western Conference, now that we're in the third period of this podcast, we have four series to talk about in the West, and this is a conference that we're much more familiar with. And we're going to start with the team that you're familiar with, Sarah, 5 versus 12 the Edmonton Oilers, and the Chicago Blackhawks. Are we going to hear Chelsea Dagger into that first official round, or are the Oilers going to speed past them? Sarah, what say you, since this has importance, I guess, to your (laughs) vill? I feel like this one is tough, because I, I do feel like, even though Chicago's defense is a mess, it's Duncan Keith and some dudes, Corey Crawford is a goalie who I don't think has ever gotten the respect that he deserves around the league, partially because he's played on such a stacked team for so long. But he is definitely someone who I think can steal games. Well, not I think. I know he can steal games because I have seen him do it. But at the end of the day, much like I think that Columbus just doesn't have the answer for the big firepower of the Leafs, I don't think that Chicago has an answer to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I don't think anybody es- has an answer to no, McDavid no and Dreisaitl. And like, especially if, if Chicago had a better defense, I would think a little harder about this one, but they don't. And all because Chicago did much better in the season series against the Oilers doesn't mean that that's going to translate to now. So I am going Oilers in five as much as it, it, it pains the like local Chicago part of me to to say that. See, I don't even think it'll go five games. I think McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to run through that picket fence defense of the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm calling it, picket fence defense. Because we've both seen them play plenty of times, and that's exactly how to describe their D. I mean, oh, you yeah. cannot rely on Corey Crawford as the last line of defense every time. Chicago has shown that time and time again this season. They're even lucky to be here. As far as Edmonton goes, they have one of the most potent offenses in all of the land. They have great young players, too. Uh, They have speeches like Kyler Yamamoto has always been impressive when he played down here in Bakersfield. And same with Ethan Bear, who could become a 
big X factor. And just kind of to go off on an aside for a split second, did you see what Ethan Baird did during the exhibition game? He did, and I really wish that they would let him do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, so for those that are not aware, uh, Ethan Baird, he is indigenous to Canada or to a tribe in Canada, and he had his name spelled out in Cree, C-R-E-E, on the back of his jersey. And there was a local sports shop that decided to sell his jerseys with the Cree nameplate. They sold out like that. It was so fast that I would have thought of picking one up, but they sold it like that. It's going to come down to the, those young players for Edmonton, and I think it ends in four Edmonton in four games. We agree on that. Have we disagreed on any series yet? I don't think so. I don't think we have. Much like our list of who deserves that pick, we don't disagree that much. <laughs> Six v eleven, the Nashville Predators and the Arizona Coyotes, a series that I have been looking a lot into. I'm going to break down their goaltending very fast. Darcy Kemper was hurt for much of the season. He came back yesterday, and he didn't look the best. I don't know what the goaltending is going to be like for the Coyotes because you have Antti Ranta, you have Darcy Kemper, former Ontario Reign player. Hey, there's the local local mix there. Uh, Darcy Kemper is still looked a little bit rusty at times, and I don't know how much you can rely on Oliver ekman Larson. I don't know how much you can rely on some of the other young players. Taylor Hall did look okay, but you cannot rest your entire offense on Taylor Hall or Kessel, the old guy. Nashville is way better in goaltending. They don't know who they're going to have in goal, but they don't have to worry about that because Saros and Rene, that's one of the best goalie tandems in the entire National Hockey League. One of those guys has been a Vesna Trophy finalist. So with that, I'm going to go Nashville Predators in four games, which pains me to say this because Arizona has the better uniforms because they've gone back to the Kachinas. Yay! <laughs> but I still have Nashville in four games, and then Arizona will get the number one pick. Wishful thoughts. Yeah, I also feel like Nashville in four. I, you know, And it's interesting because Nashville spent so much of the season being bad and being a big question mark to even get into the playoffs, partially because their goaltending just was not usually you're like, okay, if your starters struggling, you bring in the backup and the backup does well. And I feel like Nashville, you know, when, when Rene was struggling, Saros was also struggling. Like neither of them were good at the same time, but Nashville has kind of pulled it together. They looked much better in, in the exhibition game and uh, looking at the coyotes, like, yeah, you can't put it all on, on Taylor hall and on Phil Kessel. Nick Schmaltz led the coyotes in scoring in the regular season. And we don't know his status. Yeah, we don't know his status. We don't know, is he going to miss games because of that hit from Ryan Reeves? You know, who knows? I just don't think that, unfortunately, the Coyotes have it. I, th I feel like they're on the cusp of, of getting there, of really being a team that could, you know, make a showing in the playoffs. But I, I feel like Nashville is going to have the upper hand here. Vancouver versus Minnesota. Yeah, this one to me is not close i have vancouver in a sweep on this one they have the obviously better up and down lineup from lines one to three i think they're better they have a couple of former kings on their roster including the newly mint you see where i'm going with this right <laughs> i do yeah a couple of newly minted players who looked very good on their exhibition game 
So I'm going to go LA Kings North on this one in three games. Um, I'm also going Vancouver. I think it'll go. I think there'll be four. I think that I just don't like sweeps. I feel like sweeps are kind of unlikely, although with a, a five game series, maybe a little more likely. Um, but I, I, I feel like Minnesota steals one, but uh, they can't steal the whole thing. Which player do you miss the most that's in Vancouver's roster right now? Um, hmm. Is it Toffoli? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'll rephrase that. Which player do you miss the most, and why is it Tyler Toffoli? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, I think that he, the reasons I miss him are the reasons why he had to go to Vancouver, because I think that he just sort of needed a, a change of scenery and needed a team to, you know, have better people to support him. I don't know. I just, I'm always going to remember his the, the, the stadium series performance and the fact that he is the reason that the Kings won that game and, you know, really showed off what he can do when he is motivated and has the tools to succeed around him. And also I miss his stupid little dog. Oh, Dodger. <laughs> Dodger. You know who I miss the most? And we didn't talk about this team because they're in the round robin. I miss the hashtag elite one C. <laughs> Derek Grant with Philadelphia. A part of me is rooting for the Flyers for that alone. <laughs> when, when I talked with um, the Locked On Flyers for the national show, they both mentioned Derek Grant as someone who they're excited to see more from. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's, you do want to see more from him. He's such a likable guy, too. He really is. All right. We got one more matchup to talk about. Calgary versus Winnipeg. This is such a close series. This this one was tough, but I'll have you go first on this one. Who do you got? Calgary versus Winnipeg. I've got Winnipeg in four, and the reason Ooh. is Connor Hallibuck. I have Calgary in five. Ooh, it took us the whole time. I think Calgary has a slightly better offense than Winnipeg and I think they can overtake Connor Hellebuck in a five game series that is such a close one to call though it really is yeah yeah I mean I didn't know where to go here I I really didn't it was (laughs) it was hard yeah I I think that before I talked to Harrison from Locked on Jets for the the national show I think before I talked with him I probably would have gone Calgary but in talking with him he kind of swayed me to like the power of Connor Hellebuck but it really is all on on him because you're right Calgary does have the better offense they they have you know Mark Giordano is a fantastic defenseman the Jets truly are as Connor Hellebuck goes so does the team and if he falters at all or if he if Calgary manages to figure out a way to like undo him it's all over so so there's a who I want to win and who I think will win on this one (laughs) so who I want to win you and I agree on that I do want to see Winnipeg win but I do think Calgary, they have more firepower. Hey, Flames firepower. Ha, they have Zach Ronaldo. Uh, Lindholm, like you said, is good. And they still have Matt Kachuk. Yeah. Matt Kachuk is just, still a premier player. Love him I just don't want to see I don't want to see him get nice things. I don't want any of them to get nice things. Like I said, love him or hate him. He is still <laughs> a fantastic player, and so is Johnny Gaudreau. The the speedster still has it. He had a nice assist on the exhibition game. Yeah, I, I hate to say it. And they have another former king on their roster. Oh, they have, that's right. Yeah, they have They've Derek Forbert. Forgot about him, he, huh? He, he, well, there's a good reason I forgot about him. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. Sorry to see you go. But hey, Forbort might win a series. You never know. And, well, I mean, I guess maybe I should root more for Calgary because I think that no, if they... <laughs> 
Well, I think that like the better they do, the better the draft pick the Kings get, I think. Maybe I might have made that up. But... See, and this is why I'm rooting against Boston for that same reason is there would be a better first-round pick. Oh, man. I, I don't know. But it, we agreed on seven of the series and not one. Yeah. So let's see how our predictions hold up. And don't forget, hockey starts tomorrow morning. It is a full slate of games. But we're going to have hockey all week long. Are you excited? I am super excited. Like all the misgivings about playing in a pandemic and the NHL is bad for diversity. All of that stuff aside, like it is a very confusing time to be like, but I like this thing, but also it stinks. But just watching that whole day of exhibition games and having hockey on in the background as I was going about my life, it felt very good to have it back. And Here's the perk of working from home all day indefinitely is that I can actually watch all of these games and not have to like hide it in a browser tab so that no one knows that I'm watching hockey while I'm working. I hope my boss doesn't listen to this show. (laughs) I mean, we we all know we're going to be watching. At least you and I know that we're going to be watching hockey all day. We're going to watch all of these games. Just when they overlap, it'll be hard to decide which game to turn to at times. That's it's like March Madness hockey style. I love it. All right. uh, We have to wrap up here. But where can the fine folks find your podcast and where can they find you on the socials? Sure. So you can find me on Twitter at right said Sarah. That's right as in W-R-I-T-E and Sarah with an H, the only correct way to spell it. <laughs> you can find Locked on Los Angeles Kings on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. The Locked on NHL show, which I am on Mondays and Wednesdays, is on Twitter at Locked on NHL. And of course, you can plug that into whatever podcast engine you use and search for us and find us on there. Or just ask Siri, hey, Siri, play Locked On NHL or Locked On LA Kings, and maybe that'll work, right? It should. Yeah. It sounds magical. You have to say the cities for both of our team names for reasons. Darn you, Sacramento. Uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Go hockey and uh, hold the league accountable for when they uh, do things that are not good. Yeah, I will just say go hockey and go zero positive tests. That's what I'm really rooting for is the safety of the players. All right, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Smoke Signal, CB Radio, or however you hear your podcasts. I don't think anyone hears us on CB Radio. Or ask your smart device to play Locked on Anaheim Ducks and hope that your podcast device doesn't play a Duck Hunt reference. And also, don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or personally at StimpyJD. Those are the Twitter handles. I can't wait to see. Uh, I would like you. Usually I would be like, I can't wait to see how wrong I was, but we agreed on all of them. And so I don't want like you to also be wrong. So I just hope that we're both right about everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>